So I know there's like a lot of debate, Justin, about like what is the best holiday, you know? And, and I feel like people, uh, it, it always sort of comes down to like Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know? Um, at least in, in the circles I run. And you made a face as if that's yeah, fuck, simply not true. Fuck Thanksgiving is what I got to say. That is the worst <laughs> holiday I've ever experienced in my life. I'm I'm also um, on team fuck Thanksgiving. Okay, great, great. Um, it's just like, like I like the food all right, but it does not justify everything, the rest of it. everything involved with it. It's the one holiday that I choose to like separate myself from my family when possible. Like that is a travel vac that is a travel holiday for me more so than any other one. Justin, I know I've told you this like, like off air. That is like the move I'm going to do it, it, when I can yep. of just like, no, me and me and Elena are, we're doing a thing. We're doing our own thing. <laughs> for this one because that's like i'm gonna see you fuckers in like 25 days right it's right like, around the corner like, will, like you don't need to be back yes and plus you got to make um, so many like choices in your life about thanksgiving because like there's one thanksgiving day right christmas there's like yeah. a ton you can do a pre-christmas you can do a christmas eve a christmas day you can do multiple things like i'm going to like five different places between christmas eve and christmas day thanksgiving like the turkey's never ready on a set time so you can never be like all right i'm doing uh, like snacks here i'm doing dinner here and doing desserts here plus there's only so much you can freaking eat so if you come to like a thanksgiving like dessert party and you don't eat the dessert like they're gonna look at you funny because it's thanksgiving they're like what you don't like my pie and i'm like no i just ate three times today so like I, who how do you choose between a family like the bigger your family gets the harder it gets i just say go on vacation so you're actually hitting on something here that I'm that I'm like you, you hit exactly what I'm trying to talk about. It's always between Thanksgiving and Christmas, like in the people who I talk to. Today is Labor Day. Mm. And damn it, I had today off for the first time in my professional career. Congratulations, you've done it. Thank you. I, I am a laborer. Um, so first of all, I have today off. But you know what's incredible about Labor Day? No fucking expectations. None. I got to do whatever I want. Yep. Just uh, it was literally a holiday for me where I got to do whatever. And so what you're what like Christmas is great. Right. But like I always forget about this when Christmas rolls around. Christmas is actually like a four day holiday because you're seeing one family and you're seeing the other family and then you're doing this and then you're getting you know what I mean? Yep. Like, like there's like a lot of actual like like expectation that goes into it and like thanksgiving to a lesser extent because of what you said right we're like no we're only doing thanksgiving yeah, oh, yeah. thanksgiving yeah. day um but like there's still like some of that expectation of like spending time with people or, or whatever labor day no one's pulling up no one's pull i'm not being pulled in multiple directions trying to figure out how i'm gonna cram all that labor day time in Shout out to Labor Day. It's it's best holiday. It's great. And then plus, so I'm a teacher, right? So uh, yeah. like as a student, you appreciate Labor Day because you don't go to school. But as a teacher, you really appreciate it because you have two weeks of school, at least in our in our uh, in our district. We have two weeks of school and it's like rough those first two weeks. And then you get a nice three day weekend to just kind of like <sighs> take a nice breath. Yeah, take it. Take it. Take it easy. Kick those sleep, shoes off. Sleep Justin. back. Other other schools start after Labor Day, so sometimes that's even like that's like this is my last day of summer. So yeah. either it's that break or the last day of summer. So I agree. Labor Day is a pretty underrated holiday just because of like where it falls in the calendar, and it's not like you're not sell. You don't have to celebrate with people. Fourth of July cookouts, barbecues, those are fun, but you feel like this this like you gotta go There's somewhere. Like expectation. Yeah. But also, what I'll say about Fourth of July though. Is that like 90% of the stuff you do on 4th of July also gets carried over in a Labor Day. But the big asterisk with, with it, and it's the thing that I really appreciate, is if you want 
if you want, if we you can want. do a cookout today. Yeah, we could. It's a gorgeous day out. We could hang out by a we you know like, like apartment pool, whatever. Yeah, we could do that. Yep. Or, or Justin, we could record our podcast. We could. We could. That's the best <laughs> best way to celebrate any holiday, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, doing work. <laughs> You know, a day off. So we get to that is kind of how it works, though. When we have Mondays off or whatever, it's always like, hey, do you want to do our work during the day so we don't have to do it at night and yeah. cram it all in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Makes it makes a lot easier, huh? huh? It makes everything easier, Justin, because it's Hitbox. going on everyone welcome b- 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 back to hitbox episode number 158 justin recording this with you at 2 12 in the afternoon it's giving me a, a after like having like a good full nights of sleep and like not having worked all day i'm feeling i'm in a good mood doing hitbox right yeah now. i'm feeling great and like i don't have any chemicals like i was i'm drinking a glass of water usually i'm sitting here p- pounding this caffeine that's like extremely bad for me just to like yeah. keep it going and this isn't just talking to you in general this is like anything that happens after the work day i gotta get more coffee in me um so yeah i'm feeling pretty i feel rested i've got i've averaged over seven hours of sleep these past oh three gosh. days like that doesn't happen look at you congratulations my friend i know i know <sighs> Intros, podcast intros. My name is Peter Hunspatek, <laughs> and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host Justin Makovich. Justin, you're getting sleep. You're drinking water, agua as we call it. How are you doing? I, I, I also can I if I can I I'm so sorry. I ahead. just asked you how you're doing, but can I share something? Sure. I just so I'm going on vacation next week. Woo. Um, I'm going to the Bahamas. Bahama. And right before we hopped on our call, I just booked. I'm, I'm snorkeling with reef sharks. Ooh. And I'm so fucking excited. Um, I'm so excited. What's a reef shark? Uh, like, I guess, what part of it are you getting hung up on? Uh, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like I understand. Like, if I break down each part of it, there are sharks that like float around reefs, right? But like, are they like smaller than your average shark? Are they less hungry than your average shark? Like, are you safe? <laughs> like, is this something uh, like yes. I should be worried about? Yeah, so uh, reef sharks are like, if you imagine a shark okay. in your head, All right. and you're not imagining a great white shark, okay. you are most likely imagining a reef shark. Okay. Or just like what, like a, like a, just a generic shark, what that looks like, it's usually a reef shark. Reef sharks um, are like, they're all over the world, they're, but mostly like in the Pacific uh, and like Gulf of Mexico and stuff like that, but they're also like in the, in the like Indian Ocean and whatever. Um, there's a few different kinds, but like the most, I think the most... Um, like common kind it's like the black tip reef shark um oh yeah i'm looking at a map here and they're all the fuck over the place um but then is the white tip wait where's what's the one i'm gonna be seeing the gray no caribbean reef shark uh, okay um, they're they're like they're big um but they're not like they don't eat people because they're like not that big if that makes sense yeah like i mean bears don't typically eat people but like they would eat a person well and, and it's the sort of thing where like um Yes, they could eat. A, well, like bears are like a lot bigger than people. Yeah, right? true. Reef sharks, I think, tend to not be as big. Um, something I learned when I was in Australia about like if like being worried about something will eat you. You have to like ask yourself, well, they can be up to nine feet tall. Sorry, long um, as I'm reading here on Wikipedia. But um, there, there's like this question that you have to ask yourself of like, 
if I were this animal, yep. would it be worth it to eat me? Mm-hmm. And the answer is almost always no. For a bear, yes, because a bear is like, doesn't know when its next meal is going to be, way bigger than you, can very easily kill you. A reef shark, even if it is nine feet long, <laughs> which is big, but even if it is that big, like, is it going to be able to, like, eat you in one? Probably not. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is, is it going to be able to get around your shoulders and your waist? No. No. Um, a couple bites for protection. But isn't punch it in the, in the nose. That's what you're supposed to do, right? I guess. Um, I remember hearing that as a child and then, like, growing up and reading, like, well, because it's like, well, if you're going to punch it somewhere. They're, they're, <laughs> and also they've got their, like, their... Um, What's that called? They've got like all, all the nerves on their on their nose and whatever. But um, I think there was a, a Tomb Raider movie where Angelina Jolie punches a shark. Like, I absolutely in, believe that in the face. Like, yeah, I'm. I just there's confirmation. Um, Tomb Raider I two. That. Yeah, uh, yeah, sitting there punching a shark in the face. I don't trust my aim though. So if like I'm going for a shark that's like advancing upon me and I go to punch its nose, like I'd probably just go in its mouth by accident. Well, their noses are like ramps that lead to their mouth. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just, I just birthed, uh, I birthed, I just read the word birthed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just Book birthed that. a shark, you know? <laughs> I just said with females giving birth to four to six young every other year. Oh, um, wow. But I'm very excited. No, I'm not worried about getting eaten. Um, are you a swimmer? Can you swim like effectively? I love to swim. Okay, cool. Because yes, I'm, I'm a swimmer. Because I'm not a swimmer, and I went snorkeling once, and I was just like happy not to die. You know? Yeah. Like some people so are enjoying the animals. I was just happy. I was floating with my little floaties. So I booked this with Elena, who has never been to the ocean before. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. And so we have two days of snorkeling, uh, and I wanted to do this one first because I'm very excited for it. And then I realized, like, you know what? We're going to do the regular fish snorkeling first so that you can um, learn how to do that yeah. <laughs> without being in shark waters. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to interrupt you. How are you doing, Justin? You're sleeping well. You got your day off. Yes. It's a good day for you. So I've been I, I've been this is like very early in my process for this, but I've been making cake. Like I, like Ooh. like for two straight weeks, I've been making cake. I had a taste for for white cake with white frosting for a while, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make that. So last week I made it, and it was okay. It needed to puff up a little bit more. This weekend I made it, and I made some errors in making it. So first oh. of all, I've been using box cake because like that's a good mm -hmm. starting point. Mm -hmm. But then I've been trying to zhuzh up the recipe a little bit. I've been reading some stuff. You put in a little bit extra egg. You put in butter instead of milk. oil. You put yep. in some milk. You know that kind of stuff. Um, I get it. But like it just didn't turn out right today. I don't know why it like tasted a little bit too buttery. Um, like I didn't do something right. And then upon reflection, I didn't melt the butter. I just put in a couple sticks of butter. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a process. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if I make a cake every weekend for my the rest of my life, by the time I'm dead, I will have perfected making cake. I, I think that's how everything is. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, what's the first step of being good at something? Sucking yep, at it. Just and being I really think, bad. to be honest with you, I find that to be a very admirable um, skill of someone being able to be bad at something for a while before they get good at it. Because now I'm just like, if I suck at something, I'm like, fuck this. You but know? it's also bad with baking because like if you fail, like it's stuck in your house. And like, I know you could say yeah. you could just throw it away, but like, no, 
you can't just throw it away. I feel bad. Right. I feel bad. Like, I don't want to waste food. So, you know so now mean? I have a 13 by night pan of just like <laughs> below average cake that I'm going to have to eat like throughout the week. Yeah. And every time I eat, it's just going to remind me. So maybe, maybe eating it will like motivate me to be better about it. I was going to say, fill you with sort of determination. Yeah. Like, like oh, this, this could this have been good. Again. This could have been good. Yeah. But yeah. So agreed. Agreed. Well, Justin, if it's all right with you, can we uh, dip into video game th- uh, topics? Yeah. Oh, moment? yeah. Let's frost up that those topics. Uh, you, Justin, I loved that. Thank you. Let me just stop you right there. I loved that. Here's a look at what is coming up in the news. Starfield reviews are in, and it seems pretty good. <laughs> Talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, PS Plus prices are increasing significantly, and Volition Studios is closing its doors. We're going to talk about all of those headlines and more. Before we do, here is information for you regarding our Discord server. Jump into it. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You are welcome to be there. We would love to have you. You can support us on Patreon if you're feeling monetarily generous. That's patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll and like Dave Parker. Every single week, our deluxe podcast producers are getting an additional 30-minute bonus episode. Today, we're going to be looking at Bethesda review scores over the past and how Starfield compares to the rest of its um, killer lineup of titles. If you do not have the cash to throw us uh, to throw our way, that is no worries. Twitter.com slash at hitbox pod. Give us a follow. Drop us a follow. Uh, a favorite, a retweet, a repost, whatever they're branding it now as. Um, that would mean a lot to us as well as ranking um, our podcast on your podcast, player of choice. Justin, can we move on from all of this housekeeping stuff? Yeah, let's. You want to talk about Metacritic scores? Let's let's do that. Metacritic Roundup. One game, a singular game, in the Metacritic Roundup this week, and it's Starfield. Oh. And there's a lot to talk about with Starfield. I'm sure. I'm sure there's not any controversy about this game. Nope. No fanboys. And everyone was. Everyone was just regular. Yeah. Yeah. They. We said, you know what? Actually, what if we didn't do it like this this time? What if we were all just regular? <laughs> um, on the Xbox Series X, Starfield scored an 87, and on the personal computer it's gordon 88 um that's where it is at the moment justin what do you think of these scores how does this make you feel i want to hear all of your starfield thoughts we're going to talk about this for a while so i'm interested to hear what you think um so oh boy uh i think this sounds like it's uh it's a good game um i mean i with a game like this that comes out and there is a high volume of reviews that come out with from a large amount of sort like different like outlets you would expect there to be a lot of like diversity in the actual scores of them um Mm -hmm. and i think for this to be at an 88 which to me is a great score i think or 87 if we're going to be the xbox series x i think this is great um i i'm excited for this game and i think this is not a failure um so good job microsoft you did it you have you have your game isn't that weird that like sort of like I saw these scores and these are like by all means like excellent scores and like this is a great score and and whatever else for like it's refused but like my takeaway a little bit was like wow you didn't I really was thinking this might have been fucked up yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah, like, like based on everything else and, um, and like there's nothing, but, uh, yeah like a good 88 is a good score like again a Pikmin a fantastic score Pikmin four scored an 88 which is like we're putting this next to Pikmin four here. Um, I think if anyone's going to be critical about this score, it's that there's a lot of good ass nineties this year. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and f- people are forgetting that, you know, 88s are still really good scores, everyone. Those are good games. Yeah, I, w- I want to talk about, like, the reaction to this in a little bit. But before we do, uh, like, I'm just interested in, like, talking about the reviews here. Because for the most part, it seems like this is, like, if you are a fan of Bethesda games, like, like Bethesda Game Studios developed titles, so, like, Skyrim, Fallout, whatever, you will like this game. That said, it sounds like if this if those aren't your games, then you pr- this probably is not going to be the one that's going to win you over because it's just like a lot of that. It's it's from what it seems like one of perhaps the best versions of that. It it seems like it is a worthy follow up to all of those games of of the studio's past, but like it's not going to be changing the structure of it like in a major way. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. It's it's a nice Bethesda game, and that comes with all your Bethesda game faults and victories i would say yeah i did hear though that the the character creation stuff is is pretty excellent not just like the like making the face that you get to have the whole time but like the background stuff um from what it sounds like the perks and, and things like that have been kind of interesting um i was listening to the guys on Nextlander talk about it and it sounds like there's like uh, it, those sorts of things actually do really matter as opposed to i feel like a lot of other games that do background stuff um it's like some dialogue sometimes. Like I think about like Cyberpunk 2077. Like I chose to be um, like a street kid, and I think I had like seven total dialogue options that like were just alternate and just like gave me like a different version of the same conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas this stuff, like they were talking about how there's one, um, like having both of your parents alive is like a, a perk that you can have, and um, it it you like have to give them two percent of all the money you make just like i do now exactly (laughs) but they um they'll give you like items like like really rare items and stuff like that if you go and visit them and stuff like that which like that just sounds cool you know what i mean that just sounds like an an interesting um addition to a game like this that is about exploration and is about that sort of individual journey yeah and i and i think like this sounds like a very well realized rpg and not yes. not that like Bethesda games in the past aren't like fully realized ones, but just kind of like allowing you to really kind of customize your play experience and customize how you're going to go about the world and what you're going to be doing. Um, and I do think those perks are really interesting. Uh, another one I heard of, there's like a you get a house that you can start with um, and you actually start off with a mortgage that you have to pay. Um, oh, yes. Off. And if you don't, you lose the house. But if you do, you can like decorate it and like change things about your house and stuff which could create this whole other um i guess angle of the game um and i know they've had house stuff before in other bethesda uh games but i mean for that to be a starting perk that you get i think is just kind of interesting um as you're going about playing this game it just it's it's the stuff like hearing that sort of stuff really just makes me go like well that's cool yeah yeah you know like like i want to i I'm interested in that. Like, I want to hear more about that. Um, so like, so, you know, consider me on board is what I'm trying to say with, with, when it comes to like that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm like really excited to jump into this. I don't know when I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to make that a priority at some point, but, um, I am ex- excited to jump in. Uh, I did not get the, um, early access of it. It's been out in early access for the past uh, few days here. Um, available to people who like pre-ordered it or what was the deal with it? Got like the deluxe edition? So it like 
you can either buy like the digital deluxe version on like your PC for like the full price, or you can like, you know, buy it on, on your uh, Xbox for full price. But if you have game yeah. pass, there's a special like $30 upgrade you can get that you'll get the um, eventual um, downloadable content for the game. I forget the name of the specific uh, download pack. Uh, you get like okay. an outfit uh, and you get the soundtrack plus a week of early access, basically of playing it beforehand. So, Right now, officially, this game is not released to the public. It's only released mm-hmm. to people who've gotten this special digital deluxe version of it. Um, so, yeah, your choices are to spend the $100 or to spend $30 to play it early if you already have Game Pass. Gotcha. I uh, Had I known that, I might have done that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I had some time this weekend to, to sort of just kill... Um, but uh, you, you mentioned that you you were sort of caught in between and on, on wanting to do that or not. So I, I really was because as, as you know, we were talking about this weekend it was like a three day weekend for me in a way like was actually a three day weekend. I had really not yeah. much of anything planned um, other than just like work and like games and just me kind of like catching up on my sleep, which I think is a great weekend. First of all, we don't get enough of those in the adult world. I mean, already looking, I'm looking at the rest of my like calendar and I'm like, Oh, I got something here, here, here. Like my whole month of September might as well be done. October it's already bleeding into that. So when I was looking at this weekend, I was like, I have a three day weekend where I could play this game and it might be worth it for me to spend that $30 and for me to start playing it so I could start at least get through some of the rough stuff at first or at least some of the tutorial stuff so I could actually kind of just play it for an hour here and there, really just find a chunk of time this weekend to do it. So then I was looking at the price and I was looking at the difference and I was like, ah, $30 isn't that much, but I I, I buy Game Pass already. I I spend money for that. I don't really use Game Pass that much to make it worth me spending an additional $30 on top of that. But then I'm like, but then you get the DLC and then I'm start reading stuff about the DLC and it's like, it's already in a bad spot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, so maybe it's not, it's supposed to come out early next year, but who knows if it will or not. Um, You know how people are. (laughs) So, so joyful. I know how people are. So joyful. And I know I fall into the like I fall into this trap too. So like I try not to be hypocritical here, but I'm like, who fucking cares? Right. Like it's it, like the game is here. Play the game first. Right. And then like, care <laughs> about the DLC. But yes. for me, for me, someone who like rarely will go back to play DLC in the best of times anyway. It's like, is that really exactly. going to be the thing that brings me back? I'll just pay thirty dollars later if I really, really want that DLC. Um, and then uh, you know just kind of just looking at it i was like i got so many things on my backlog that i gotta beat and i gotta play so i was like why don't i just focus on the backlog and then once this game comes out i can find a place to play it in my life that actually makes sense because this is one of the priority games for me this year there's so much coming out um that i can't i have to just i have to look at myself in the mirror and be like i'm not playing everything new that's coming out but starfield will is a priority game i love the bethesda type of games and so i think I will make a priority for this, even if I don't play it this weekend. I'll find time to play it. Why spend the 30 extra dollars on it? I went back and played some of my other stuff instead. So, But it was really a debate. Um, and I think that's like one of the ways that uh, Microsoft can kind of get that little extra. Yeah, this is on Game Pass, but if you want to spend extra, you can get it right now. And I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad model. Like I don't because I, that's totally up to you if you want to play it early or not. Yes. And I think I think it like, yes, it puts the pressure on you a little bit with like the FOMO stuff. But like at the end of the day, I don't know, man, I'm an adult. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like if a bunch of people are playing video, a video game that I want to play, like I can just 
uh, deal with it. Yeah, I can. You, you know what I mean? Like, and, and just play when it comes out. You either, know? either I can buy it or not. Like, it's nothing. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I like. I, I think you're right. Right. Like, obviously, they want to push that, put that pressure on you because it benefits them because they will get my thirty dollars. But like, they're getting fifteen bucks a month for me anyway. So I might as well just sit back and. and wait on that you know what i mean because well, i can i can handle not playing it for four days extra you know and i really think with a game like this too they would have had their uh, review embargo lifted before the game was out anyway so they might as well just allow this early access the same day the review embargoes up because people have been playing the final version or like at least yeah. close to the final version anyway so at really no extra like cost to Microsoft, they can just do this. And if you really want to get in on that conversation earlier, then you can play it earlier if you want to pay for it. They're not forcing you. Plus, you get the the eventual DLC. So it's kind of I don't know. I think I think that's a it's good. A, I don't think it's a bad. Yeah, no, I, 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 go on. It's a good model for what they can do with Game Pass. Still so give me the game for free. I don't have to pay for it. Um, but if you want to, you'll get these things plus some early access to it. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it's like a. I would not say it's like predatory. No, you know what I mean? In a way that I think it very much could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I am like, just, just, <laughs> I'm very excited to play this game. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, like this is one of my, um, could be an all timer for me in the same way that like Skyrim is an all timer for me. Um, it's just very, very up my alley. So I am really, 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 uh, excited about this. I, I mentioned that we were going to potentially talk about like a little bit of the reaction to the reviews and everything. I, I don't know if I have much to say. Cause I, I think it was just a lot of like people having super cool, super regular reactions to the contents of the game. And then also to the reviews, you know what I mean? And, and anytime that there's some big tent pole game that comes out and scores well, or, people like lose their minds over like what their idea of a good score is. For example, I think IGN gave it a seven. Yep. IGN and, and people Game lost Spot. their fucking minds. Yeah. Yes. Um, when we're like, uh, we've talked about this, a seven is like a pretty good score. It means, Hey, this is a good game. That's got some stuff with it. Right. Um, yeah. And, and PC games and, and did you see, I mean, like, like I said, people are just having like very weird reactions to this uh, about saying like, well, like they're in Sony's pocket. Like, come on. And it's like, you think PC games and <laughs> is you think PC games is yeah in the, po- in the pocket of Sony, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like, it's just like, what are you, what the fuck are you talking about? Or PC gamer even give it a seven point, you know, 75. Like, yeah, I bet. I bet Sony's paying them tons of money, just, tons of cash. Yeah, because they have that kind of money that they would have used to buy Bethesda if they could have. Because let me tell you, right? They would have bought the Bethesda if they could have. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like, of course. Why wouldn't well, you, they? You would be you would be foolish not to, right? Um, if you had the the ability to do that. But it's also it's the sort of thing too where um, I don't know. I have written reviews for games that did not maybe meet my expectations of them and meet the hype that is surrounding them. And then like, it's not a good feeling. If you, like, you know how you're playing a game that you're excited for and it like turns out to not be very good. Right. Like, like I, I think about like Callisto protocol. Like I was so excited for that game and I remember playing it and being like, Oh no, you know, it's not terrible, but it's just like not amazing. Like I just don't, it's not like very good. Right. Um, and so like that sinking feeling, first of all, doesn't feel great for you, but then also knowing like I'm going to write an honest review I'm being paid fucking peanuts. And when this review goes live, I'm going to get death threats and I'm going to get like 
people are just gonna have like meltdowns over this thing you know what i mean so so i i I don't like i don't know if there's anything new to say about like people having these sorts of meltdowns and stuff do you do you have anything like interesting or new to add to this sort of like every single time one of these games comes out like people behave this way i don't necessarily know if it's like new or uh exciting per se but um just to kind of like uh, to, this is the blurb on Metacritic from IGN. It said, Starfield has a lot of forces working against it, but eventually the allure of this expansive role-playing quests and respectable combat make its gravitational pull difficult to resist. And hearing that specific bit of feedback there, um, there are issues with the game, but overall it's really good and I can't stop playing it. <laughs> you know? It ends by saying... It's gravitational pull is difficult to resist, meaning like I like I can't stop playing this game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like did you read the review, guys? <laughs> I wonder if you read the review. I wonder if you read the review before you had a little baby meltdown about it. Yeah, and and to go back uh, to Dan Stapleton, um, who was the reviewer, the lead reviewer of Starfield, and people were yeah. like kind of hitting him for being um you know like oh he's being paid by sony blah 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 he said out of curiosity i went back and checked the xbox exclusives i reviewed at ign gears tactics he gave it an 8 versus an 80 m metacritic dead rising 3 he gave it an 8.3 versus a 78 m metacritic halo spartan assault he gave it a 5.8 versus a 53 m metacritic stated a k2 he gave it a 7.5 versus a 66 on metacritic and Halo Wars 2, he gave it a 7 versus a 70 on Metacritic. So it's not like he is like constantly. In fact, that data shows on average he is scoring at or above what Metacritic is for those games. Um, I can't find this specific tweet as well, uh, like like just off the cuff here. But um, he mentioned um, the day before his review was published that he had finished reading uh, finished writing the review and it was significantly longer, um, than the, uh, last, uh, I think the Skyrim review, uh, it was just mm-hmm. a, a lot of words. It was the longest review he ever wrote. Oh yeah. So he said, um, this was on August 30th. So before the review embargo was up, he was just kind of giving a very basic thing. He said, my fallout Four review was 3,100 words. My Starfield review going up tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific, just saying, is 3,900 words. So he had played this game. He had a lot to say about this game. And as we've said before, at nauseum, a review score is a score. What you want to listen to is the conversation and what is being said about that game. And if after hearing a review or reading a review of someone or hearing someone talk about a review, if you don't know if you want to play that game or not, that's on the reviewer at that point, not the score. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the whole purpose of a review is not the number. It's them talking about why they like the game or why they don't like the game. And I think after listening to, or I watched the video review for Dan Stapleton, after listening to that, I understand why he gave it that. And if anything, it made me excited to play this game more so than before I read the review, even if it, the score yeah. is a seven out of 10. So I don't know. I, I think uh, stop harassing people, <laughs> please. Like, <laughs> yeah, obviously, like, of course. Right. It's interesting, though, because we were, before we started recording, we were looking at um, some of the numbers of the, the review scores I've given. Um, and we were talking about this, like literally before we started recording about like I gave Xenoblade Chronicles three an, an eight. Yeah. And um, you were asking me, like, if how I feel about that now, because we gave it that was our game of the year last year. And I think an eight is still like 
a good score for that game. You know what I mean? Do I love it? I do. But do I think that it, it do I think that an eight is justified? Do I think I justify that in my review? Yes. You know what I mean? Like I, I, when I reviewed it, I hadn't finished it. And I make that clear in the review. I'd played like 40 hours or something like that. So like I had a significant uh, amount of time in that game, but like, I, I, I think it's about nuance, right? <laughs> and like, you can love a game and have it not be, and be able to recognize like, Oh, it does have some flaws and Oh, it is this and that and whatever else, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there, there are very few games that are amazing from beginning to end. Um, and to me, those games are like the tens. Uh, and I'm thinking like Tears of the Kingdom. I enjoy that game from beginning to end pretty yeah. equally. Um, but certain games like uh, Xenoblade 3, like Starfield, they take a significant amount of time to get going. And, and I think oh, go on. I, I think that's a, a valid critique to not make it something that's a 10 out of 10, even if it's a good game. Well, and I, I think, too, like I would say that it is much easier for a smaller scope smaller budget smaller everything game to be a 10 out of 10 than for a giant open world basically open galaxy video game to do that because there's just so much more stuff you have to fit in there and the disparity between that content is going to be so much bigger right because there's just so much more of it whereas something that is a lot more guided uh, more of a linear experience can sort of like perfectly balance pace Right. But how do you balance the pace of a, of a game like Starfield? You can't because the pace is driven by the player. Right. So I think it does. It is like that does make like something like Tears of the Kingdom that much more impressive, in my opinion, of being a 10 out of 10 from start to end. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, not that's not to say that, you know, Starfield or whatever else isn't as impressive as that. But like. It is, I would say, I, I don't make games, but just in my experience of playing games, much more rare for a giant open world game like that to be able to hold that consistent 10 out of 10 the whole time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so also people are freaking out about pronouns, you know, like it's fucking so dumb, man. <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with these people because like, like at the beginning of the game when you're creating your character it asks you what your pronouns are you know like um fucking anything else in the world you know how like when you like apply for a job or something like it asks you like you know are you a man or a woman or you know how do you identify you know they like that's just a question that you get asked when you do anything and so people are having meltdowns about this and and i also don't know if i necessarily have a whole lot to like actually add about this because these people are grifters and they're dumb and we will be better when they are not either acting like that or alive like like i just think that that's true right like they like people who are going to be mad about that like it's not even like a political thing it's just like a clarification question <laughs> you know what i mean and and people are getting mad about this like to have the biggest reaction online and to get the most amount of people dunking on them in the in their quote tweets and whatever because now you get paid for that if you are verified or whatever you know um but it's just it's just like it is interesting to me because I, I don't think that you can apply any sort of like level of logic to a person who is going to be upset about that sort of thing because they are operating outside of any realm of logic or reason right so there's no way there's no reason to even be like hey but like you didn't feel this way when this game did that you know, because they don't care. You know, they don't care that in Skyrim you pick if you're a man or a woman. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's not a third option or, or third or fourth or whatever options for you. But, like, you weren't upset when it asked you that. You know, you, these people were not upset when Cyberpunk did it. 
and I was joking with you. I and mean, is it because there were a lot of titties in that game? <laughs> it was it because you know what I mean? Like like is it because that game was actually a very cool game where you get to play as a rock star who fucks ladies, <laughs> and Starfield is about being like an astronaut. <laughs> you know, like I wonder, I wonder, I wonder where uh, why these people are acting this way. Um, so I, I have kind of two thoughts uh, about yeah. this. The first thought is Starfield does. Not saying that Cyberpunk didn't. Starfield and Bethesda games kind of hit that mainstream. I think we talked about last week. It hits the mainstream mm-hmm. a little bit more, the the quote-unquote mainstream gamer. Yeah. Um, you see this in its marketing campaign, where it's marketed. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the games that would be marketed during, uh, uh, you know, Saturday college football games. You see ads yeah, for this no, that's and fair. stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I think it is more of a mainstream type of game because of that. So that's the, the the first thing with that. And with it being a mainstream, you get more, you know, mainstream opinions about what people have to say about it. And I, I I'm gonna just sit here and try to assume positive intent that these people aren't just making um these comments because of clicks, though I know some people mm-hmm. do. That that happens. I think it's more interesting to know at this point we're still at a place in our society and culture where people are just uneducated about pronouns in general. And I say this yes. as being a high school teacher. Um, uh, we, uh, at least I think in education specifically after the pandemic, um, there has been in our area a lot more push to on like, you know, attendance and form things to put like, what are your pronouns? Just to put that question. And to me, I think that's a really easy question to like read and understand what it means, right? Like even like below, I'd put like a model of what I'm expecting with it or whatever. Um, And I think most, you know, people would uh, would understand what that means. But when you're dealing with, you know, a wide variety of backgrounds and students and stuff like that, you have some people that say, I don't use pronouns. And that's not meant as a way of being like, like, I, I don't agree with pronouns. They don't understand the issue with what's being asked, yeah, what's being asked yes. for it, right? Like they don't understand that. Um, so I, I think that is also kind of a part with it. So when you have this mainstream game that has it, you have a bunch of people who literally don't know what they're being asked when they're asking about the pronouns and they're assuming yeah. it's some, you know, nefarious reason that they're doing it. I, I don't know. It's just like one of those things that come on, people just deal with it. <laughs> like just well, I think, I, to your point, it's, it's like they don't know what they're being asked necessarily, but they know from, like political leaders that like oh but it's bad yeah yeah you know what i mean and it's it's like no no it's like it's literally just how i'm gonna refer to you yeah you know um and like yeah it's just dumb it's just dumb and and like there's really nothing to say because it's just like oh these are idiots you you know or or, or, oh these these are people who are like they're not with it yeah (laughs) you know And, and there's like really no use like talking to this type of this type of person to be like why were you like that like why did you behave like that because it's like oh because <laughs> you hate trans people or yeah. whatever you know what i mean it's like uh, like get out the fuck out of here i I, um, I met this guy once named like his like legal name was john and he went by jack right yeah. so when when I, I first met him he said his name was jack and then the next time i met him i saw his name and i assumed like his like legal name and i assumed his name was john so i called him john and i've never seen someone get so offended at me because i called him john over jack and i did not do it to be mean yeah i just was like trying to get a clarifying like question there like uh, i i think well it's just it's just so weird because like 
what you're pointing out here is like no one likes being called the wrong thing. Right. Right. No one likes being called the wrong thing. And and like, uh, you know, obviously, like people who are like non-binary or trans or whatever, like disproportionately are called the wrong thing and are, that is weaponized against them. Right. Right. But you call any conservative ma'am, a man, ma'am, they're gonna lose their shit. Right. Right. Because they don't like being called the wrong thing because no one does, you know, like, so like let's w- make whatever. sure that people can be called the right thing. Like, you know what yes, I mean? So like, it's, <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's just so dumb. And like, it's, it's weird to even have you and I talk about it. Cause it's I like, well, yeah, like, and then you just move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, or even it's the sort of thing where like, I don't know, like at the very worst, what, how I would feel about it is, is as I'm playing Starfield for the first time is like, what are your pronouns? And I just go, oh, he, him. And then the rest don't apply to me. Yeah. Just like, you're, you're <laughs> it just, it just, don't just to, does not yep. apply to me anyway. Whatever, man. Do you, whenever I go into a target or like a, a, like a clothing store and I see that there's all these women clothes, I have a breakdown. Cause I'm like, that's not for me. Yep. Yep. I, yeah. I, what do I do? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I just can't, I can't function in the target. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But Starfield has hit over 200. Th- Can we move on? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Starfield has hit over 230. <laughs> thousand concurrent players in its first two hours on steam that's according to vgc um hey that is uh significant yeah that is um that is is pretty substantial even um it, it mean the first two two hours there's two hundred thirty thousand people playing um it, this is just one of those things that like as we've been talking about this this is going to be one of the biggest games of the year um and it's going to be one of the biggest games i imagine of the next several years I don't think that like Fallout 4 maybe had the same legs that something like Skyrim did um, in terms of its like longevity. Obviously, people still play it. Obviously, people still like it. But like at least in my like circle, like people are still playing Skyrim. I don't really know a lot of people who are like still playing Fallout 4 that much in the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think and I think people that? would even say like Fallout 3 was better than Fallout 4. There's a lot of people yes. who'd be in that camp. So there's not even like this like like everyone agrees Skyrim is the best. Exactly. Right. But I think that with with Starfield, it seems like it is um, um, perhaps like I think it could have the legs to be the next Skyrim thing, just in the way that like I've been seeing like videos already about like, here's how to build a Millennium Falcon. Yep. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, here's how to build an X-Wing, like all that sort of stuff with your Starfield ship, which I just think is very cool. Uh, And I think that that sort of that customization, whatever, is going to just give it a lot of legs. So I'm not surprised that so many people are playing it. No, but, I, I think um, uh, this art, this VGC article by Chris Gullian, like it goes out, like the the tagline is the game is still in early access and isn't on Game Pass or general release until September 6. So right. it's not even out. Like these are people who paid extra to play this. Like like insane. Like come on, that is insane to think about and this is only for the pc version too this is not like anyone playing on the xbox this is like pc steam version like this this game is gonna uh, it's insane how much this is going to to sell and um personally i'm happy because this means that you know bethesda can keep making the games it wants to make um yes and if you and i think if you're upset about success stop and i think too like this was what they needed this sort of response and this sort of like review scores and whatever is what they needed, especially off the backs of something like, um, fallout four, right. Which like reviewed. Well, I think we're going to get into that even more in the bonus episode, but like it reviewed like well enough, but like people were pretty upset with Bethesda because of the, the state that that game was released in, you know what I mean? And so for this to be, um, doing so well, I, I, especially 
given everything that's been going on with Xbox Game Studios this year with like Redfall and, and whatnot. Like I'm I'm pretty happy to see to see this and, and I'm excited to see what comes next. But Justin, you play anything else? I know you debated getting Starfield, but you did not. Yeah. Did you play anything else? Yeah, so I did I did in fact go through my backlog, um, got to like a couple games that I still want to beat. Um Pikmin 4, I've been plunking away maybe like 20 minutes a night. I'll do like one mm-hmm. cycle maybe. Um uh, Final Fantasy 16, like I need like to like sit down and actually beat that game because that's such a story, shockingly story based game from what I was expecting. Yeah. So I was like, I got time, but I also have like a lot of other stuff to do. Let me play Diablo four. So I was like, you know what? People keep saying, hey, let's play this new season content. I'm world tier three. Have you beaten the game yet? I'm like, no. So my goal was to beat Diablo four. I didn't realize that I hadn't even beat Act One of Six. Like I had done, yeah, I had done most of it, <laughs> and I did my, the first quest. I did it, it, like it, over the weekend. It was like you have now beat Act One. I was like, oh, oh, I have a lot of work to do, don't I? Um, but I was actually further along than I thought, to the most mm-hmm. part, because I'd started a couple of quests concurrently. But I beat Diablo Four, the story for it. Oh, nice. Um, that it, like I gotta say, it's a surprisingly well told story. Um, and uh, like there's, you know, you're, you have your various cutscenes throughout. You have your character interactions that your your mm-hmm. um, I forget what his name is. Your um, chosen one like is interacting with. There's a name for I, I can't. You talking about uh, the guy who plays Sid in Final Fantasy Six? No, 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 no. Like your character name is like you're the chosen one or oh, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. or the the exalted one. But like, yeah, the guy who plays Sid, a couple other characters that are like reoccurring characters this is like a pretty good like let's get the team together. And let's get past all of our flaws in order to get to the end of the game um, and to eventually stop Lilith from taking over. Go figure. Um, and there's some really good boss fights throughout the way. Uh, I, I really think that that there's a variety of bosses in a way that there's always something new to fight. Um, and while I think the Lilith boss fight, the final one, wasn't quite the most difficult boss fight, um, I could see how, like, you know, it, it, I don't think that game is necessarily about being the most difficult at all these places. It's about, like, optimizing no. your gear, getting more gear. Um, and if it does get too hard, then you bring friends involved to, like, really get your your world tier three, four stuff up. So um, I think it's I think it's great. I don't know how much I'm going to start, like, playing content after this. I don't know if I'm going to go back and play um, the, the season um, of The Malignant. Is that the one we're on? Yep. Um, I don't know if I'm going to actually re-roll a character. I mean, it seems like a pretty big investment. And one of the things that I can't say I really like about the game is the gear feels so... It, it feels like if I spend money or resources leveling it up to make it worth it, I'll just get another piece of gear that I can replace with it after a while. You, you've, like, given yourself maybe 10 minutes right? with that gear. And I think, too, like, the fact that, like one hour into the game already getting golden and red like legendary and like ultra rare items like the scaling i I think was not good and it's pretty interesting like how so you can basically take an aspect off of any piece of legendary gear have that aspect and then place it on a uh, thing of rare gear later so you can kind of like create your own legendaries but like it's one of those things that at a certain point, you're getting so better gear at such a frequent clip that you're just spending so much time in the menus trying to get all this stuff to work that 
I don't know. It just it at a certain point, it's not fun to kind of like create your build and maintain it in that way. And to be honest, I think I had my the, my preferred build down pretty early in the game. So the last part of the game, it was the same move set, and I could have changed it. But I'm like, this one's working. Why would I change it? So right. Um, yeah, I think I mean I probably put 30 hours into the game. So like it's not like I didn't play it a lot, and I think I got my my time out of it. And um, now I can jump in if people want to play in World Tier Three with me. So um, I think I got to my uh, I got to my rest point in that. But that's a game that if you want it to be evergreen content that keeps coming over and over again, there's a ton there for you. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I recommend that game for for almost anyone. If you like story, if you like multiplayer games, if you like just like mindless grinds, it's got it all for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, have not picked it up in a while, but um, you know, it's one of those things where like I, I've got a character that's strong enough to be able to hop in and, and you know play with people if yeah. you want. But. Justin, I played Sea of Stars <gasps> this week. What? You're the ninety, the ninety scoring Sea of Stars that's on Game Pass, PlayStation Plus Extra, and Switch. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing it on Switch. Oh. Uh, I have it on Switch. Uh, if you remember, like as we were talking about it last week, I was like, "Oh, and there's my code." Yeah, <laughs> I got it, like you know, I, I I got a code for it, and um, yeah, so I played thirty minutes of it. Uh, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that like uh, old school RPGs uh, do have a lot of dialogue in them. And uh, I'm moving this week, so I'm not necessarily like in the mood for like time to be like in- mentally invested in this story and these characters and all that. You know what I mean? Like it, it was not like a big ask, like the story was straightforward enough and I'm just like running around in like a little like wizard school essentially. But like um, it was the sort of thing where I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait until I can I can really uh, pay attention to this because um, I'm, I'm just in a mood uh, for like some podcast games. You know what I mean? Just to I, I, there's a movie podcast that I'm uh, into at the moment um, called The Shit Show. If you're interested, it's just about like crazy pr- movie productions. But like, how did this happen? How did this get made and stuff? It's, it's quite interesting. Um, the episode, their episode on cats is fascinating. The, um, the cats movie starring Taylor Swift. Correct. Um, and uh, so so I've been I've been playing some games like just like listening to, to like that sort of stuff um, and, and Sea of Stars, which is not where it was at for me. But as I mentioned before, I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm going to have about four hours on a flight one way and four hours of a flight the other way um, on a plane. So I'm going to be digging deep into this um, when when that um, rolls around. Just but. a couple quick questions. I know you've played it very like little um yeah is it dialogue uh, or is it just like reading i mean is it voice it's acted? Di- dialogue no 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 it was not voice it's acted. not voice acted. Um, it's, it's just a, reading yeah but it's all it's all short i mean like it's all like just like little like one or two sentences you know what i mean that characters say and when they speak like a little like pixel animated portrait like shows up and it looks really good too i've been playing it handheld on my switch the oled so like it like really pops and like the backgrounds are all great and the sprite animation is all like fantastic and stuff like that. Like they like, don't get me wrong. This is not a criticism of the game. It is just like where my mind oh, is yeah. at right now. Um, so, so I'm, I'm disappointed in myself that I have not been able to like sit with it. Cause I did yesterday night. I was like, I'm seeing like, I'm, I got the podcast tomorrow. I'm going to play more of this. Cause I played about 10 minutes of it when I first got it. And I was like, I can't, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then last night I played about 25 minutes and I was like, I still am unable to do yeah, this right now. This but. sounds, this sounds like an experience trying to play persona, uh, uh, five Royal with four, four, oh, a persona, persona four. Sorry. Um, is it four or five persona five? 
Uh, what there's there, those are both games. If that's Persona, you're asking, what you Persona Five. Sorry, when I have it on, I have okay. it on my Switch. Oh, on the Switch, yeah. The, the couple Persona times 5. I booted it up, I'm just like, I'm not in the mood to sit down and play this for like three hours to really get my feet wet. And every time I keep going yes. through that opening thing, and I'm like, I'll start again. And then like a month later, I'll be like, I'll start again. So one of these days, I'll beat that game and play it. But uh, it's great. But but that's the thing, right? Like it's just like not now. Yeah. yeah. Not now. Sea of Stars. Unfortunately, not in this moment. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Justin, you want to talk about the news? Let's do it. Sad little bit of news here. This broke right when um, the all the Starfield embargoes were lifting and whatnot. But Volition Games, uh, which you know them for making um, the Saints Row series, among other things, um, has been uh, closed by Embracer Group, which is the uh, big company that owns all sorts of stuff uh in a statement posted to linkedin and i think twitter volition games says this the volition team has proudly created world-class entertainment for fans around the globe for 30 years we've been driven by a passion for our community and always work to deliver joy surprise and delight this past june embracer group announced a restructuring program to strengthen embracer and maintain its position as a leader in the video game industry as a part of that program they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made the decision the difficult decision to close volition effective immediately to help our team we are working to provide job assistance and help smooth the transition of our volition family members we thank our customers and fans around the world for all the love and support over the years you will always be in our hearts volition games uh sort of in the same breath it seems that embracer has uh, made some pretty massive layoffs to gearbox publishing um in a, in a pretty brief story here on GameDeveloper.com by Justin Carter, um, it says that former staffers' LinkedIn profiles um, say that a series of layoffs have, report, have reportedly been conducted at Gearbox Publishing. Um, and then, I mean, even like th- those those are both Embracer uh, companies, right? But then even then, um, I saw that EA had, had let off or let go a handful of people working on Dragon Age. Um, uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, I think, is the, the next game in that series, but... Uh, this, this is like always a bummer to, to, to hear, um, especially because with Volition Games, um, uh, the new Saints Row game, which I mean, not received the best and perhaps not even one that I will ever play, um, but it, it just went up free on um, PS Plus. And I'm not saying that there's like much of a connection there, but a lot of people have sort of been like, hey, what's up with that? <laughs> you know, like on the, like on the same day, all this news is going up and now you're just giving away their shit for free. Um so what do you think about this, man? I know it's I know it's kind of like a tricky thing because yeah, what do we think? It's it's just really hard, I think, because like you have like these big companies that are looking for their big products, their big money makers, right? Like their big games yeah. and Saints Row. I don't think ever quite was the franchise that was going to be that big money maker. It, like I feel like it was for like a minute there yeah. between Saints Row 2 and 3 but then after that it, it kind of it had its, l- it's, lost it's interest. little spike and people just lost his interest and like yeah I mean those were games like that, that those were a, a time and place kind of games yes and it's just unfortunate that it ends with them trying to reboot it to get back to that and it just didn't end up just didn't work at didn't all work, yeah. work at all for people um and um I mean I'm looking back at their uh catalog here um, they've been around since 96. They did a game called Free Space and Summoner. Um, they did Red Faction, Summoner 2, and the Punisher game. Saints Row was in 2006. 
uh, Return to Red Faction, Saints Row the Third, um, Deep Silver. No, sorry, not, never mind. They got acquired by Deep Silver. Um, Saints Row um, Four, Agents of Mayhem, Saints Row. Re- like, like they've done a lot. They've done a lot, and for a long time. And um, right now, it just seems like a lot of these companies are just looking for what can make a lot of money. And if they don't have yeah. that kind of, if they're not making that kind of money, they're just kind of trying to trim around uh, and. Um, save money uh, uh, overall so which is frustrating because I, I feel like your your whole thing about like making money is like that's that's where like all of these companies are at right but it's it's not even necessarily about making money it's about like making money like hand over fist you know what i mean because like i'm sure that like a lot of these games maybe not the new the new, most recent saints row game but like i imagine that like a lot of these games that these studios are working on like do make some money but it's just not like the like exorbitant amount that these studios are expecting you know what i mean yeah and, and so that it, may, it puts like this sort of undue pressure on on these studios and it's like just one of those weird things too because video games like to make video games you need to have a big team a lot of these like i guess you could call them triple a games yeah there's the there's indies who are made with a couple people and stuff like that but those are the exception to the rule right like you get enough yeah. you get enough eyes on a, on a property you're gonna need more people to help you do it or you get a situation like you know hollow knight we're still waiting for hollow knight too like you know like yeah. where is that like and that's nothing uh, like wrong with like the people developing that game but it takes a lot of time to make these video games and yes. when you have a company like volition i'm sure embracer group is kind of like coming in and being like all right we gotta we gotta find our project for you um, and I'm sure they had, you know, here's our pitches for all these games, our passion projects we want to make. They're like, yeah, those sound fun, but we need something that we're going to for sure make money. How about we go back to Saints Row? And at a certain point, right. they're probably like, I mean, I guess we can make another Saints Row game, but that's not what they wanted to make. But they're making it because that's the thing that can make the most money. And when people are forced to make something rather than passionate to make something like it's not going to be a good, as good of a product anyway. Right. So it, it's like one of those, like, how, how do you make sure that we can make games that people want to play and developers want to make while also finding a way to make money at the same time? And just one of those hard things about the business and um, goes back to why I, I'm not concerned about the Xbox acquisition um, of uh, Activision Blizzard, but it just makes these, not the Volition is a smaller company, but it makes these companies, it makes it harder for them to compete with your Microsofts and your Sonys. Yeah. Um, but it's just sad to see studios close regardless. Um, cause those, these are people and this is their jobs like, and they don't have them now. And that's the other thing, right? And, and I think that's like the toughest part about it. In my opinion is the, like, you know, however many hundreds of people I'm assuming just completely lost their job. Yep. Jobs. And like, from what it seems like sort of at the drop of a hat yep. you know I, I don't know what what it was like behind the scenes obviously but like just that whole thing of like and then now it's they're just gone yep. you know it's just all done but so there you go that's it bummer news but also this tends to happen you know yep. um, it's part of the industry and it is it is um but so there you go volition um you will be missed you were um, not a studio I ever got a whole lot out of, but I do know that, I mean, the Saints Row series, like when I was like in high school was like when it was like huge, but, um, Justin, did you watch the Mario wonder direct? I did. And I was w- really waiting to hear if I could hear Mario's voice to see like what it sounded like, but you know, I didn't really hear it, him. Y- you could kind of hear him, but he sounds 
pretty much the exact same. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I was wondering if they were going to do like some sort of like, and here is the new voice of Mario and Luigi. This guy, you know what I mean? And they didn't do that. Um, we Instead, we just we got a, a pretty, what was it, like 15, 20 minutes uh, look at um, Mario Wonder, uh, which is the new 2D uh, Mario game coming out. What is that, in October? Yeah, just, just I guess, a few short weeks here. Um, this is actually, uh, here's, a, here's a fun little tidbit. This is the first new 2D Mario game in 11 years. The last one, like brand, like brand new one, not re-released, yeah, not yeah, anything yeah, yeah. like that. I think the last new one was like Super Mario Bros. Like new Super Mario Bros. Wii U, I think. Um, those titles kind of got away from them <laughs> for a while there. Um, but like, it it, it looks uh, kind of interesting. We we got this fifteen minutes to look at it. Uh, I'll be honest with you, watching the direct did not. Um, make me feel like I already kind of knew what this game was going to be because it's a 2D Mario game. You know what I mean? And like that's just like a pretty simple concept in general. Uh, obviously, there's going to be individual things that are going to sort of change that up and whatnot um, in terms of like its mechanics or each like level design and stuff like that or like the powers or whatever. Um, but for the most part, like obviously they showed off all of that sort of stuff. But for the most part, this seems to be um, pretty much a by the numbers 2D Mario game, which is not like like don't get me wrong. Those games are good. Um, but it's just like seems to be pretty, pretty standard. What did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wish I liked 2D platformers and 2D Mario games better. I just for whatever reason, I just don't like uh, not that I don't like them. They just never spoke to me um, in a way that mm-hmm. makes me like interested. I think they're doing a lot in here that could get me closer to that point. Um uh, I'm going to go back to one of my favorite 2D side scrollers uh, in the past, you know, 20 years, which was Ukulele and the Possible Lair. Oh, yeah. Um, and the reason I like that game is because um, it was not just side scrolling. Uh, part of that mm-hmm. game and part of the the fun of that game was exploring the open world. Um, you could take levels how you wanted to. You could beat the game from the very beginning if you really wanted to do that. And there's just a lot of different stuff to do rather than just knocking your head against the same platforming over and over again yeah this game has a little bit of like you can choose to do these levels in any order you want and and certain spots but it's still still a 2d mario game to me and um again that's not like anything wrong with that it just didn't do enough to bring me in into a way that i'm excited for this it looks pretty um i think they're doing a lot of cool things with it um i like the their subtle difficulty level options uh did you kind of see what they were doing with that um, yeah, so it's like, um, if you play as Yoshi or I, it's like a villain is it character. That, yes. Yeah. It's like a rabbit that's got like the mask on. Um, they don't take damage when they like run into enemies. Um, they can, I think they can still fall into pits. Yeah, they can still or, die or by like that. bad jumping, but like if it gets hit, yeah. doesn't no damage. Which is cool. It's just like, it lets you like select d- difficulty options for yourself. Um, without having to, uh, like, actually choose, like, easy, medium, hard. It yeah. makes it a little bit more dynamic, you know? Uh, and, and I tend to like that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, I think, like, you can also, like, lay down, like, respawn beacons or something like that. Like, if you are, like, if there's a bit of a, like, challenging platforming section, like, you can lay down a, a respawn beacon so that you don't go all the way back to the flag or the start of the level or whatever, like, if you are, are having a tough time with it, but... 
Um, and then they had the badges, which they were talking about, which I thought were were kind of interesting, which are like ways to kind of change up your gameplay. I don't know how mm-hmm. required these badges are going to be, um, but they may give you a grappling hook or they give you uh, oh, yeah. more traversal underwater or something like that. Um, so again, I think there's a lot of like opportunities for this game to be good and interesting, um, but it didn't necessarily sell me not the Mario fan on Mario Wonder. However, I certainly hope this game is a uh, is a hundred on Metacritic because <laughs> I have drafted this game. I spent about seventy dollars drafting it. So if this game is successful, I will be successful. So thank you, thank you everyone. I am. Um, thank you for caring I've more about more- my my team than anything else. And I do. You know that I do. Yeah. More than my team at this point. <laughs> Fucking Redfall. Um, there, I have one more thing to, to mention here. Uh, in the direct, they showed off the talking flowers. Mm. Did you see, you, you see these? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so they speak like like just straight up English. You can turn their voice off if you want. Uh, someone found that out at PAX this year. Um, but one of the questions, like when you go up to them, like sometimes they'll like give you like a hint for the level, like, oh, I wonder if you can get over there or, or stuff like that. But sometimes they'll just like they shoot the shit with you. And one of the ones they showed in the um, trailer was one of the flowers and it said, I wonder what a Goomba tastes like. And that blew my fucking mind because I assumed that like Goombas were people. Like, you know, how like the Koopa are like people like they're bad guys, but like they're still like living, breathing. People. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, um. Like, like, you know, the toads, those are people like I would just assume that they were just like other people like that, like ran around the mushroom kingdom. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know, like, what specific <laughs> you, you know what I'm trying to say. So uh, on that same vein over here, fire flowers, right? Have you seen one before? Yeah. They have yeah, eyes. They got faces. They got faces. Yeah. What does Mario do to that? Does he eat them? I would, he, I it, would assume like, like I, I, th- I would assume he eats them, right? Like he, that's how he powers himself up. Like, where does it go? I guess so. Because he eats the mushrooms, yeah, so, or at least they tell him they say that. So maybe the, maybe the flowers are just like, I'm sick of being eaten. We're going to be the ones eaten. I mean, piranha plants, Petey Piranha, he's got them sharp teeth. What do you think he does that with those sharp teeth? Probably eats a lot of human flesh. I uh, always liked Petey Piranha as a kid because representation of my name. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, is there a Justin character in a video game? Yeah, Justin Hammer from I'm sure Justin Hammer is a star of an Iron Man game, some bad game. Um, Fictional characters whose name is Justin. Just Justin Russo. OK, yep. From from, from you R- know, Russo Brothers. Yeah. Wizards on deck with <laughs> Hannah Montana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Justin Hammer, obviously. Uh, Justin Finch Fletchley mm-hmm. from fucking Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Hufflepuff, I think. Mm hmm. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all. Um, I got is there a Justin Bieber here. skin in Fortnite? I'll make one. <laughs> uh, I could definitely play that. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't see. And I hate how when you type up uh, video games and Justin, Justin Roiland is the one that comes up. So yeah, it's tough. That's um, pretty tough. Uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe I'll play this Justin Danger game I found. Do you ever think about, like, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I was like, if you've ever had a kid, would you name them Case? So they could be just in case. But that's not how names work. <laughs> um, No, no, but but I could. <laughs> that could be their middle no. name. Uh, I'd have to, yeah. you, Justin Jr. Case Makovich. Yeah. Justin Jr. Case yeah. Makovich. And then, well, that wouldn't be a mouthful at all. Nope. And it definitely doesn't break up the sort of wordplay there either. Yeah, nope, nope, nope. <sighs> 
Um, Justin, the PlayStation Plus catalog um, is increasing in price, and this is sort of interesting. On a blog post titled PlayStation Plus Monthly Games for September, Saints Row Black Desert Traveler Edition Generation Zero, at the very end... (laughs) mentions oh yeah and also we're like significantly increasing the playstation plus um price so um all of playstation plus's 12 month subscription plans have increased in price Uh, i'm gonna read you what they are now um i don't have in front of me what they used to be uh i don't i have how much they went up from so i can guess i can do some math there Oh, wait, if, you, if you've got what they went up from, I've got what they are now. So I'm going to read them individually, and then you can hit me with what they used to be. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah, just give me half a second here. You you can have as much time as you want here. Okay, um, got it. It's, just, it's it's funny that PlayStation wouldn't... I mean, like, I know why, because they don't want to, like, get that... that um, What's the word? Like, pushback on it. Um, but, like, it's, it's funny to me that they would just not... That they would just, like throw this in at the very end of this blog post but like you want to play saints row or black desert online or generation zero <laughs> right and also we're like yeah, this is going to cost you like 45 more dollars i know a year. like um yeah so so these price increases are a little significant here so here we go um for the playstation plus essential the lowest priced version it has increased to 79.99 from uh, I only have euros here. Um, okay. Justin, <laughs> my man. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right, so. If you want something done, you got to. All right, so, okay, so uh, the essential. It used to be um, $60 yearly. Yeah, so $59.99, right? Yeah, $59.99. Did you, did, you, did you just do a calculation on euros to... Nope. <laughs> you did. Nah. You did. <laughs> so that has increased... Um, twenty dollars, which I, I do think is kind of significant, right? Um, it, it it continues here. So PlayStation Plus Extra for twelve months. Um, this is the middle tier. Is now going to cost one hundred and thirty five dollars, which a, a year. This is a big one for me. Went up from ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, so that is that is jumping thirty five dollars. Um, and the first one was twenty dollars, and then for PlayStation Plus Premium, this is their like includes like all the PS Now streaming stuff. Um all that sort of stuff is now at 59.99 so 100 uh, sorry 159.99 so 160 bucks per year for this and it was once uh 119.99 so that is an increase 20 dollars right there or 40 dollars. i mean wait see 40 yes 40 dollars um so i this is a pretty significant price increase i think uh, and, and a lot of people were were pretty upset about this, uh, and I would say like partially rightly so, um, because you know anytime like the prices go up, it's stressful, right? Because like, hey, I, I just want to play games, man. Like like especially for like the um, lowest tier one, like I just want to play online games. I just want to play Call of Duty. It's wild to me that you would have to not only have bought a copy of call of duty but also pay 80 dollars a year in order to play it online right yep you can play free games online without a subscription so you can play Fortnite, you can play uh warzone i think but if you wanted to play call of duty proper i believe you would have to pay for this so that's kind of wild that that this has increased so drastically do you have any thoughts on this because i do i have some sneaking suspicions but i want to hear what you think first um I I'm going to start from a place of positivity. A lot of people talk about game pass as being like this awesome library. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I would say the PlayStation Plus Extra Library, and if you're going to add the, um, uh, what's the last one, the premium with the ba- backwards, the old older games in there, that's a pretty impressive yeah. library. And the games can a lot of the times be one-to-one with it. The difference mm-hmm. to me between Game Pass and the PlayStation is that Game Pass more frequently has brand new games that come out immediately instead of just like yes. older games. Um, so... I think the libraries are comparable minus the fact that you have new games coming out more frequently on Xbox. And even at these prices, it's cheaper than Game Pass Ultimate. It is still cheaper than Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Yes, that is very true. Kind of take that for what it's worth. Um, So I think, to me, this is my personal tipping point for these I'm going I'm going down to my PlayStation Plus um, essential. I don't need extra. I definitely don't need premium. Um, And having this happen here is essentially causing me to go down when I would have just probably kept at my premium until for whatever (laughs) had I not shifted. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see how many people get rid of their subscriptions. So to be entirely honest with you, I've actually thought about that because I do use Game Pass a lot, you know, like any time. Any of the big Xbox games come out, I do try it, right? Obviously, this year, like, that doesn't look great with Redfall. <laughs> but, like, I'm going to get a lot of this out of Starfield, right? But then also you look at, like, what other games have I played off of Game Pass this year? Hi-Fi Rush? Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Yes, please. Right? Um, there have been some. Um, the you played dinosaur Venba? one. I have not, Venba, I've not played that yet. The dino- what was the dinosaur one? The, with, the, with the robots and the mechs and the dinosaurs. We played it. We had a Let's Play for it. Oh, Exoprimal. Exoprimal. Yep. Got to try that. Um, I'm going to play like, like lies of P is going to be on, yep. on game pass. Like that's great. Right. Like there is a significant amount of stuff that's coming. Oh, uh, Steve stars is on yep. there. I'm not playing it there, but I could Right. Um, there's a significant amount of stuff that comes out there every single year that once I like actually break down, like what I played that was on there, I go like, Oh yeah, this is worth it to me. Yep. You know, and I do get that value out of it, considering how much games cost. And if I like tallied up how much playing all those games at launch with what they would cost would be like that is going to be pretty uh, uh, significant. Right. So I do get a lot out of Game Pass Ultimate and the the cross saves between having um, an Xbox in here that I work on and then an Xbox out there that I like relax with, like works just just fine for me, you know. Um, But then like I look at like PlayStation Plus and yeah, I download those games every month. But how often am I like playing them? Never literally never i mean not literally never like i have but like the the ratio of like the games that i download on there to the ones that i actually like boot up and play it's just like i just use that to complete my library right of like oh yeah i guess i never did get saints row yeah i'll grab that you know (laughs) yeah um like like that sort of stuff is is where i find that value but like for 80 dollars, i don't like i simply don't get that you know i mean you Um, from what you're sounding like you're almost talking about not even having the essential that's what i'm saying yeah and 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 so but so then the other the thing that really makes it for me is like uh, playing online games i play with my friends and like recently we have been playing more games that would require ps plus essential right so um diablo would require that um we play we were dipped into some other stuff as well that would require that right Uh, i mean like when i played like resident evil 5 and 6 i think that would require that as well but like i could see a world where i just don't have it where I'm, and I'm just, I could even still play games with them. I could still play Fortnite. I could still play Apex, like the free games, like I could still dip into. Um, so it's, it's, it's something that like I've been thinking about. And as I'm moving and having to like be a little bit more um, uh, tight with some of my finances stuff, like 
I think I could probably save that money. I don't know if I'm going to do that or not yet, but... Um, You're just at essential yeah, currently, if, right? Correct, yeah. correct. But it is something that I, I've sort of been thinking about a little bit. Um, um, for me, I think yeah. the one thing that really kind of ties my hands with this is the cloud storage because um, I've really yeah. used cloud storage for my uh, saves to like have them there. Mm-hmm. So I'll like do a good job of like uploading and not plus save scumming. It'll be harder to save scum if I don't have my cloud storage. So I feel kind of tied to that. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's getting to that point 60 versus 80 doesn't seem that much, but it's to the point where that's a lot of money. It does start to get significant, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, for what? And yeah, you get those two free games and everything, but like, you're right. I don't play those every month. It's a rare day when I play those games. My backlog right now is bulging, so I can't like go back and like there have enough things I need to play without playing games that are two, three years old. Yeah, so. exactly. That that aren't like, if, and it's also the sort of thing where I'm like, oh, if I miss this, then I will probably miss this now. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like it's not going to be burning that I need to play this and, and whatever. Um, that said, I have seen a lot of people sort of positing like, hey, this price increase is pretty significant, especially given the fact that they have not announced like why, right? They like, cause I feel like if you are going to increase these subscription mo- models by like this much, it would make sense for them to say, we are increasing this and you are getting this, not just, we are increasing this price and you're getting the exact same offerings. But some people have been saying like, Hey, this might make a little bit more sense if they are going to be launching some of their first party games on here the day they launch especially given the fact that the that PlayStation showcase that just happened was like 90% first party PlayStation games that were all live service games. So it would make sense to me that okay you've got, you know, this subscription service or, or, or this uh, tier or that tier, right, where you're going to get that game for free day 1. That said, I don't imagine that's going to go on PS Plus Essential. It's going to stick with the PS Plus Extra and Premium, so it's I imagine not going to be worth it for me still, but um it was just something to think about, and I think that that could help justify it. But if that's the case, I also would have maybe said I would have led with that and announced that. <laughs> right, at right. The time because of the what, like, I, what you said makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I think that's a good idea. However, with them announcing it now without announcing that added benefit, that screams to me like later down the road. They could be like, well, now we're going to charge an extra $10 for each one of these because we're going to be re- annou- like releasing this stuff day and date. Um, which seems to be a, a dirty little little tactic they can use. Um, right. But I also think this starts to get to that point where they might eventually just have two tiers. Because I still think the three tiers is a little silly, um, specifically with the premium tier not being that much of an added benefit or than the PlayStation Extra. Because I think most people look at this and being like, well, I don't need the premium, but I'm going to do the extra. Maybe eventually they're like, all right, 150 for this other tier and you get the catalog and these newer games. I don't know. I, I, I th- This is just a very confusing thing to me. And, I, and one of the things when you do price increases too um, that is hard is that you have to find a way to make sure that you scale all of the prices to the same way, but also having a number that makes sense. Um, because you can't just say we're going to increase everything by $5 because these prices, I mean, they're all over the place with the amount of percentage they increase, but ultimately the difference is the, you know, they, 139, 134.99 versus, you know, 129, like they land, they land on the, 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 the unit of five basically for these, but 
it's just like, I don't get it. I mean, I, things are expensive, but like games are more expensive than ever. Everything is more expensive than, than ever. It's just, I think it makes me more sad about money in general <laughs> than it is me being mad at Sony. And, and like, that's the, that's the thing, right? It's like, this is just happening at every corner. I know everywhere. everything is. I just going got a notification. I, I don't know if, what this is. I have to look deeper into this. This might be something that they announced previously. I got an email today from Discover, being like, "Hey, um, one of those reoccurring cha- uh, payments that you pay for uh, did increase, and that was Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> it went up to eighteen dollars. Is that something that we've known about? I imagine so, Probably. right? Probably, yeah, yeah. It was just one of those things where I'm just like, gosh, everything is getting more expensive and. Am I making more money? I'm not a little bit, not, but that's not, like a new not job. Not at that percentage not. rate to make it make sense. And um, I it just like, like it, things are being so expensive. I just, so I've, since I've had this like gym membership through my insurance, that's like $25 yeah. a month that I haven't gone to the gym since the pandemic, but I kept it because I will lose, it's like $50 now. So I will lose, yeah. I'll have to pay double if I ever decide to go back. They just said that they're even for me, they're going to be increasing it by another five dollars. Now it's to that point where I'm like, do I, I don't spend I don't I don't use this. I'm just having it just in case. Is it worth it at a certain point? I don't know. And it's tough too. I think that that feeling of like deals, right, of being like, oh, I'm getting a deal on this. So I'm going to spend more money. And it's like, wait a second, but I'm spending money on something I don't want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I'm, I'm spending money on it, but I'm not using the thing I'm spending money on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Um, that is the majority of the news here. Uh, PlayStation, they did announce, by the way, that the PlayStation Portal, um, that's the uh, sort of Switch-like handheld uh, remote play device, is launching on November 15th. And again, last week we learned that that's um, dropping at uh, $199.99. Uh, that's, you know, um, 200 bucks there. Uh, also, PlayStation UK, the Twitter account, tweeted this. This is a sentence that someone... I presumably was paid to tweet. Treat yourself to 19 inches of venom and more with Marvel's Spider-Man 2 Collector's Edition. <laughs> uh, and so it's um, uh, you get a statue of Venom fighting sp- both the Spider-Men. Um, uh, like Venom's got that ni- that 19 inch hog. Like <laughs> someone had to approve that and like sign off on it, right? Uh, there yeah, are, there yeah. are some pretty his, excellent his memes. Tentacles are 19 inches. <laughs> Dude, I watched Spider Man 3 last weekend. <laughs> Is this a non sequitur? What? What do you mean? What are you going to say? <laughs> Venom's in that. Oh, <laughs> okay. I thought we were talking about, like, and I noticed in one of the scenes, like, <laughs> and 19 bulging, inches. Like, a giant it was on. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever think about, like, before we started doing this podcast, there were sentences we would have never said. <laughs> yep, and then here we are. And here we are. And not only that, this is um, recorded and being published on the internet. I know. And what, forever, I assume. And one day an AI is going to come out, use all of our voices, all the voice clips that we did, and then replace us on this podcast. And it'll be our robot selves. And it'll be a wonderful, beautiful world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Wait, was there a review scores for Goodbye Volcano High? Um... <laughs> How can we forget it's a, out. Goodbye, Volcano High. Um, have, have you? It, the reason we forgot is because there's just no reviews for this. Yeah. Thing. Have you? Have you? Um, are you gonna pick this game up? No. Uh, it's out. It, this game is fully out. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, WCCF Tech gave this a 70 on the PlayStation Five. 
Um, God is a Geek gave it a 90 on the PC. No scores on the PS4. Um, and then let's see, is there anything for Open Critic? Um, I wonder if, if there were not review copies that went out for this. Um, I do have to say the user score for the PS4 is a 9.2 with six ratings. So, which I think is actually kind of significant given the fact that this game was like bullied to hell and back because of its like LGBT stuff. What is wrong with people? Dude, I don't like. Yeah. Um, on Open Critic, it has scored an 80. Oh. With three reviews. Oh. God is a Geek gave it a nine. Well played, gave it an eight. WCCF Tech gave it a seven. Did you? I forget. Did you draft this game? No. Mm. I don't know if anyone did. We just because it's one of those things where it's like I want to play this, but I do not know if this is going oh, to review well. Oh, I didn't know if it was going to come out. Like that have been the first yeah. my first thing. I mean, that game would counterpick to shit if I would have uh, decided. Yeah, it to looks get it. like no, no one picked this up. Mm. Okay, well that's ten points someone lost. Um, I can only assume that it is not going to stay here. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go up. It's going to score like an. It's going to be a ninety-three. Yeah, everyone. Yes, because everyone just loves these little dinosaur. F- guys these little moody dinosaurs who are about to die i mean yeah yeah and they play in a band they play in a band it's so my thing mm. it's so my thing i did, but it's like who's got the time um although i imagine it's not particularly long right it's a visual novel it can't be um yeah though every time i play a visual novel i feel like while the game might not be long it like cuts years off my life so what what do you mean i, I don't like visual novels you're missing out man you gotta play um, Danganronpa. The way you, <laughs> I was not expecting that game to be twenty five hours. By the way, I was like, oh I wow, I, played, I was yeah. like, oh oh, there's a lot to this, huh? Yeah, yeah, it keeps going, um, huh? It it certainly do. So there you go, Justin. That I think just about does it for episode number one hundred and fifty eight of Hitbox, a podcast, the only video game news podcast, believe it or not. Um, so I appreciate everyone tuning in to, to hear the news of the week. This is like, um, what was that Tom Hanks movie? You know how Tom Hanks is just doing movies that about like boats and trains and the old West because it's like like gentlemen, the old West, because like he's Tom Hanks, damn it. And he gets to do whatever he wants now. Hey, uh, well, I don't know the name of the movie. He it's one. It's about being an old man in the West where he just he's the only guy who knew how to read or something so he would go around and read the newspaper. Is it News of the people. World? It is News of the World. That is it. Yes. I literally I this is my search queue. <laughs> Tom Hanks yeah. West and that's what came up. Yeah, that'll do it. He's like, "You know, I just need an excuse to read, so I'm going to film this movie where where I read and then <laughs> he wanted to learn about yeah, it, and so he did yeah. it." Yeah. Um Yeah, so um so there you go. Um we are here reading you the newspaper every single week. If you want to support us, you can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can support us on Patreon. $1 podcast producer tier. $3 deluxe podcast producer tier. Dave Parker. Jay Null. They heard the call. They heard the Tom Hanks call. And they said, life is like a box of chocolates. Life is like a hit box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when you start an episode. Ooh. <laughs> um, they took the plunge. And they get a 30-minute bonus episode every single week. Again, we're talking about Bethesda Game Studios um, in this one. Um, 
What else? Uh, so if you can't do that, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> that's I, fine. It's fine. That's fine. I, if you got to this part of the episode, I appreciate it. So like, don't even worry about it. Um, you can you can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Um, and if you rated this episode in your podcast player of choice, which by the way, I see those numbers go up. I do. I saw it. we went from like four to six on Spotify Ooh. recently. That excited me greatly. Um, you can do that if you feel so inclined. Justin, am I forgetting anything? I don't know if what you're f- else is up. This is really not you forgetting anything. This is me just having a bad brain. So I was watching the trailer for Goodbye Volcano High, and I was like, yeah. there's got to be dirty stuff about these dinosaurs out there on the internet. So I went, I just, on, on my personal email account, yep. I typed in Goodbye Volcano High Rule 34, and I forgot how dirty that can get. You Googled that and your computer didn't die? It, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't explode. Um, and uh, let me tell you, a lot a lot of artwork about good Volcano High out there on the internet. I bet. This is, Justin, um, I, perhaps you don't know this. I think this game was made specifically for a specific type of fetish. Yeah, and... and <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say that for sure, and like, I'm not, it's not a judgment. I just, to my understanding, that's what this is. And that is. fetish is spread out all over the internet. Fuck. I did not like that phrasing. We'll catch you next week. Always remember old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>